Hi, this is Christine Russo, and welcome to What Just Happened. I'm live from Amsterdam, the home of the Fabricant, and we welcome Mickey LaRosse, Head of Content and Strategies. Welcome, Mickey. We'll just get right into it. I like to think of the Fabricant as like a punk rock kind of rebellion vibe to what, what's been in the fashion industry. Is that, is that a somewhat accurate perspective? Yeah, completely. I guess that's our spirit and attitude has always been to be a disruptor, but a disruptor with intention. Our mission has always been at the forefront. When we were founded in 2018, nothing like has existed. So everything that we stood for and still stand for kind of was go swimming against the tide of the traditional fashion industry, just declaring that, you know, garments didn't need to be physical to exist four years ago when this conversation wasn't being had by anyone was quite a radical position to take and we've always stood by what we believed in right there's there's so many i guess wrongs that we can write in the fashion industry because of our capacity with tech that we have now and that we can make it more innovative and exciting yeah that comes from a, a spirit of really wanting to push the boundaries, which, yeah, I guess correlates with this idea of being a, a punk spirit, if you like. Right. So let me just clarify for people watching and people who follow what I do, they sort of have to come to the table with a little bit of information. So what we don't do is talk about what's on the website. So they'll have come kind of checked out the, the website. And so people here already know that you're a digital first fashion house. There is a lot of pain sometimes being the first, and there's a lot of there can be a lot of frustration being the first. So you're out there forging the way, clearing the paths and getting people in the right mindset. And in, in reality, you're also creating an entirely new industry. And we have a huge industry now that is digital only fashion. So wh where does the fabricant stand with respect to that? Some people will gloss it over and say, we're glad, we love it, we want, the more the merrier. Some people are like, we want our time, we want to be able to be the leader, and everyone else is welcome, but we really, because we started this, we are the authority. What is the perspective? I mean, you know, as you rightly point out, there is great difficulty in being the first, right? Everybody sort of observes what you're doing, but also just waits to see if you take a hit which is also a thing. And that doesn't come a place from a place of malice. It's like, okay, this is a kind of way of doing things. And we've always been really super aware of that, right? We don't, we're not complacent about our position. We've been doing it probably longer than most people in the space. But, you know, that doesn't mean that we think we're, you know, number one or the absolute authority. Of course, we're building an industry. The, the idea that we started out with was we can't exist as an island. You know, we want to build a complete industry. So that requires other play players, other perspective, other aesthetics to come into the same space as us. So we collaborate frequently with all our peer companies. Digital fashion is a really small industry right now, but it's growing. And we all have to work together to make it and, and lasting. So yeah, it's very gratifying to have this maybe, I guess, OG position, right? The fabricant's been around and, and, and people know our name and that's great. And, you know, we're, we're really, you know, aware and, you know, not complacent about that idea. But does that mean that we're always going to be in the lead? No. Does that mean that we don't need other people? Of course not. We completely need other people in this space to support and really build what we need to build. 
you know, digital fashion, like physical fashion, needs a complete spectrum of possibility because not everybody wants the same thing from a digital fashion house, just like the, you know, in the real world, or people don't want exactly the same look from the physical fashion world. So there's room for more and more people for us all to really thrive, yeah. I think that's a great perspective. It's like, give us our due, give us our space to really do what we need to do because it takes time. And while at the same time, join us, rising tides lift all boats. We will, we will do this together. If you're on the same mission, I think the mission, it's mission critical. It's really like if you share the philosophy and you share the mission, you're, you're welcome to join. I would guess that if it's, let's say there's a player who's just maybe just transaction driven and more commercially driven. I don't know if they would vibe as well with you. I don't think everyone's kind of the same, the same philosophy. I mean, this is a philosophy. Yeah, we've always come from this, I guess, big, rich perspective of, of what we believe in, this idea of building an industry that's more sustainable, more democratic, more equitable for everybody that participates, and really elevating creators within this, within this space to give them power, you know, to make it a creator-led industry. Within that, obviously, there were always going to be maybe existing physical brands that come into the space, Web2 players that come into the space, and they don't necessarily all kind of buy in wholesale to what we say. You know, we're a digital-only fashion house, which is a very particular take on the space. And now you see more and more people joining the space that are maybe doing that digital to physical crossover, which is, which is valid. And, but comes with a different point of view on how to approach the space. So yeah, so whilst we maybe have a, a much richer narrative, maybe in a, a much bigger belief system that we stand by and that we talk about, not everybody shares that philosophy, but for us, it's about being consistent about what we believe in and really putting our energy behind that to, to create something that builds the infrastructure for the world that we're talking about to come to fruition. Let's talk to some of the people listening who don't know what digital fashion is. Do you want to share with us a little bit the manifestation of that, how that expresses itself, how that is utilized? What is the, what is your marketplace? What is your existence in that sense? Sure. So digital only fashion, garments and fashion experiences that exist purely in virtual space. So the garments that we create are entirely non-physical. They're built in 3D. They're for use on your avatar, or you might interact with the garment, maybe in a more familiar way with an AR filter. That's also another take on digital fashion. And within that, you know, your garments are both something to wear and express yourself. When we talk about our garments, by the way, we talk about them as a means to express your identity in virtual worlds. Because as we transition into maybe a more virtual existence and we interact and transact through avatars, the clearest way of communicating something about yourself is, is, is probably through the garment that your avatar is wearing or the way that you present yourself in this virtual space. So our garments have this function of both being you know, something visually spectacular, but also a means to communicate who you are in an area where perhaps that's the only means of, of, of really presenting yourself, presenting an idea about who you are. But most importantly, your garments are a digital asset and they're a digital asset that you own because they're minted as NFTs on the blockchain. So you really have something to wear, something to collect, 
and then something to trade and with our garments particularly something that enables you to have a source of revenue in perpetuity within our garments behind each garment in the smart contract we build in a share of revenue for the person that created the garment the digital artist that created the fabric and the person that minted the nft so there's this three-way split so this idea of a virtual circle of participation in the creation of a garment is also something that we believe in and it's a very different way of thinking about the fashion industry as this kind of co-creation place where we all collaborate to create collections so there's a lot to chew on there i appreciate but that's a little bit of a an insight into our perspective on digital fashion and what a digital garment is in Camden. So to recap, it's it's for Web3. So essentially it's it has Web3 characteristics in that it is there's there's co-ownership, which is a really big there's a big hurdle to understanding co-ownership. We come from a web two world, we come from a I made it, you like it, you pay me you pay me, I make the money. And then it sort of falls off from there. One of the ways for people to understand this is when we, ha we have in, the, in our current world, let's call it web two, resale, we have a resale industry. So if you think about it, a brand designs a garment and then they, and someone buys it and then quote unquote ownership of this garment no longer exists. The brand doesn't own it. The first person who bought it doesn't own it they're welcome to sell it either on a marketplace or directly and then it sort of keeps moving on and on whereas and in response to that because there's no recognition to the creator in this case like i reference a brand right so i mean there's actually a creator behind that an actual artist who is creating this particular thing web3 is the creator has a fingerprint on that forever and every time it transacts there's a financial gain to the creator correct absolutely I have absolutely. it right yeah. and then there's also a financial gain to the person who let's say first bought it and we don't use the word bought we use mint in web3 so i'm really speaking to people who are learning in this in this world and absorbing information it's really very it's a little complicated for people because even the language is different so they're minting it which means bought and so now one thing i have a question about let's say now it goes to its third person it trades again it moves on again you now have the originator who has ownership you have the first person who has ownership do each subsequent owners have a piece of this particular item going forward like does it just keep building ownership like how does that actually work i'm just curious for myself yeah no there is a cap on that right so it requires you to be maybe at the beginning of the creation process otherwise obviously the split would get tinier 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 right, right? right. <laughs> i'm like how does this history of a garment does it run out <laughs> right yeah making it a realistic financial proposition requires that you cap participation in the royalties at a certain point in order for it to be you know a viable means of finance for people but within that anybody can participate right anybody can come into our platform and mint a garment as an nft and can begin that process for themselves so anybody can jump into the space become a co-creator in a garment and start to be i know either well, there's multiple possibilities in Web3. There's sort of so many professions that we haven't imagined yet. So you could become a digital fashion brand, a sort of metaverse native brand. You could become 
a collector, you could become a digital stylist. But actually the idea that anybody can become a co-creator of a garment is really important because of course, yeah, this idea of royalties being part of the, the spirit of it and you being able to, um, you know, appropriately and feasibly have some kind of financial benefit from that does require you to be early in the process. But what I love about everything on the a blockchain is just this idea of provenance that you, as someone that minted the garment, are written into the story of the garment on the blockchain. So it really sort of creates this beautiful connection to a garment that you have because you're there at its sort of origin story, which I think is really nice. And I think certainly with people that mint our garments, they feel that kinship with the garment because they were literally part of its coming into being. So there's a there's a very sort of, you know, people talk about maybe text not having the emotional connection. And I would say it's sort of the opposite, really, because you're deeply embedded within the garment, both kind of emotionally, because you literally customized it up to your own terms, and then technologically, because it's written into the story of the garment for everybody to see that you were there as one of the creators. So, yeah. Well, that's where democratization comes in. And that's another kind of foreign concept for, I think, the world in which we live in now, which is there are, you know, des designers that are that helm certain houses and then they have the say and it trickles down. That's sort of the world, fashion world that we live in. And this is we have a broad base of opportunity. There's very little gatekeeping or barriers to entry. And fashion is fashion currently into web two is very much a barrier to entry because it drives value. So here we have a very important point. What's the value, right? Like if anyone can do it, who cares? Well, that's being rewritten as well. So anyone can do it. And then there's a whole new set of values applied to digital fashion and NFTs. So, I mean, obviously scarcity drives value, experience drives value. We still value someone's creativity because we're astounded at the things they can do because we know how hard it is. Writing music, creating fashion, doing art. I mean, it's this is a gift that is cultivated over time, experience, et cetera. That being said, so if it's open to everyone now and you can get a lot of like, you know, less quality stuff, but that's okay because value of something is being redefined as well. Is there anything you can add to what you've seen? Like something that it's a democracy driven, it's, you know, no, no barrier to entry kind of situation and something really took off. And the reason was it, it did is because of X, Y, or Z. These things I think are fundamentally different than the regular kind of experiences we have. Can you speak to that? You know, I think it's a really interesting point you make about value. And I think what we're seeing with Web3 is, is people kind of reimagining value and what, what is value to them? You know, is value just participation in this space? Is it being in there early? Is it rarity? The, something interesting that we've noticed with us, people are creating value around you know, the artists that they support. There's a great deal of pride, um, you know, when they co-create an art item with an artist or a creator that they admire. So that idea that you can step in and really collaborate with someone that you you think is amazing anyway, and then support them by, you know, interacting with their work and their garments is a different kind of value. You know, it comes from a place 
So I don't even think we've maybe unpacked all the possible new versions of value because people are still applying those to, to what they see in the Web3 space because everything is new, as we know. And it's very much a nascent space that's being iterated collectively all the time. But yeah, I would say already inherent in the digital fashion space, there's scarcity as a value. So there's maybe limited edition runs of things, which I guess is aligned with the historic idea of luxury in the space, right? If there's a, a luxury take on digital fashion, that would be it. But this idea that, you know, you are participating in something unique, participating um, with a creator that maybe hasn't been accessible to you is a different way of thinking of it. And then creating your own garments. So all the garments on our platform are, are unique. They're a co-created collection, but your particular version is one of one. So this idea of you kind of creating something unique is also obviously a really valuable proposition to people. Agreed. Let's talk about you for a minute before we have to wrap. T tell me how you spend your day. You are head of partnerships. Part partners? Tell me what you content. do. <laughs> content, no worries. <laughs> content. I was like, if he with the C, where's my notes? Yeah. So what does that mean for you? What does that mean for us? How do we understand how you spend your day? Sure. So my role means that I oversee and create the fabricant's brand narrative and storytelling and our philosophy. So within that, my days are spent either working with the fashion team when they've sort of done, you know, an amazing kind of conceptual overview of a collection. I'll work with them maybe to shape the story around that. So it, it lands or resonates with our audience. I work with the socials team and the communications team, making sure all our messages are, is aligned across our platforms and they're building both into our spirit and philosophy and obviously guide it, you know, focus on our business goals, but also adding value to our community. Because obviously, as we know, Web3 is nothing without community. It's a sort of a space where we're building everything alongside everybody, you know, in our community and our audience really participate with us. So this idea that, you know, we're both co-creating the brand, the fabricant with our audience, and then co-creating our values, belief system with our audience is part of the sort of narrative and storytelling. And obviously we receive loads of feedback from them about what they want to see and who they want to talk about and who's, who they'd like us to collaborate with. So all of that stuff tends to come under my re remit to a, a greater or lesser degree on a daily basis. Right now, our big push is on our next project, which is called Whole Land. Whole Land is a huge project for us. So it's a fabricant native collection that we're going to be dropping over time. So it's a really big commitment to narrative and storytelling. So it's a multi-chapter digital fashion storytelling project, which will be dropped in various NFT drops and garments, really building on this huge story, which is based around the idea of embracing your shadows to become whole. So really digging deep into who we are via digital fashion and exploring who we can be via the virtual space, right? Maybe using the digital world in ways that we wouldn't use in the physical world, maybe things that we'd be shy of talking about or exploring or expressing in the physical world. We're creating this environment through whole land where you can really kind of dig deep into who you are maybe look around in the, the darker corners of your personality and really bring those into the light. <laughs> yeah, so really it's a, it's this kind of um, 
environment or world that we're creating, really. It's a world building project. And with that, obviously, it requires, you know, a period of time for that to unroll and a really big commitment to, to narrative and storytelling. So we're super excited about it, but it's our big, our big moments. That's a really great announcement. And I appreciate you sharing that with me. I want to thank you for your time. This was a great chat. It's such a good way to learn about what you do from kind of an in-depth standpoint. As I said, people can check out the website and I appreciate it. And we will perhaps circle back and at the end of when the whole land rolls out and see kind of what's what. Amazing, Christine. A pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Thanks.